And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about Efron's named Nora finding love in bookstores and friendships that turn into something amora. We're your hosts. I'm Allie. And I'm Mia. Now, usually in our podcast, Allie and I try to answer the question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? And we always try to approach this question with scholarship, tact, and compassion. Before the month of March, we're feeling a little crazy and a little rowdy. We're feeling a little bit of that March madness. Woo! Although not for college basketball. No, no, no. This is still a rom-com podcast. No, we're feeling like it's time to celebrate one of the true MVPs of rom-coms, the one and only Meg Ryan! That's my air horn. So in the spirit of March Madness, we are pitting all of Meg Ryan's rom-coms up against each other in a tournament bracket for three rounds of Resplendent Ryan to see which Meg Ryan rom-com is the best Meg Ryan rom-com of all time. Because you guys, it's officially now March Madness. That's my air horn. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting better at the air horns, Mia. I I think so. Now, we have two very special guests with us today. They host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, The Rom-Com Gents. If they were in a rom-com, they'd be going to a wedding with their old college pals only to find out that one of their friends has written a tell-all book revealing that the best man has slept with the bride-to-be and now they've got to run damage control. You guys, it's the wonderful Kelly McCrillis and Ryan Graves. Those are good air horns. Good air horns. Wow, really, really hey, thanks for having us on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Wow, we're so excited to have another rom com pod on. I yeah. know. I know. We are so lucky. Uh, it feels like long lost family. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree. Completely agree. Now, Ryan and Kelly, we like to start off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Hero Slash Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. Um, And I could start us off this week. uh, And and I'm going to come in a little controversial here because some (laughs) people might say this is a rom-com and other people might say, no, it's not. It's a buddy film. But I... Uh, I'm channeling Annie from Bridesmaids. Oh my god! Uh, no, that counts. Yeah, that, that counts. Do we think that's, that counts. That's a rom com. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a rom com. Yeah, we're okay, really loose on the term in the first place. Same. We even have a, a yes. segment called "Not Quite a Rom Com," and I think that's that's almost there. You could say "Not Quite a Rom Com" yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Either would be fair. Yeah. yeah, it's buddy, but there's so, so why also you feeling like Annie? Um, yes. Yeah, there's also rom com elements. Well, there's Chris O'Dowd. There's Chris O'Dowd. So that's enough for exactly. me. Yes. And that's what I think saves him. And, and the wedding. It's, yes. it's oriented and around John a Hamm. wedding and, and it's Chris O'Dowd. Yes. And, and Annie, I mean, like she has like, there's a rom-com within that movie. It might not be like a full, it might not take center stage, but like, I feel like 
I feel like that Annie goes through that journey and hits enough of the tropes. Anyway, but I'm, I'm channeling her because, uh, you know, there's that, that scene where a couple of scenes where she gets pulled over, um, and she tries to talk her way out of a ticket and she never does. <laughs> and, oh, no. But she, <laughs> but she I can see where this is going, <laughs> but she tries to be really cute and tries to be like, but it doesn't work. And I, tried to use my feminine wiles to get a, a special exception made. Um, today I was, I was picking up a package um, for someone who wasn't me. Um, and technically that that's um, not allowed because that's uh, somebody's mail. Um, <laughs> that's a and crime, I, <laughs> it's, some would call it a crime. Others yeah. would call it a crime uh breaking the law um but so i was like hey i was talking to the guy at fedex and i was like i know if i just you know move my eyebrows a lot and like blink my you know feminine eyelashes that hopefully he will just be like i'll make an exception for you you're special um and it turns out i'm not special and he did not Make the exception for me, and um, I feel like next week I'll probably try to pick up some more people's mail, and he'll say no to me again. And I don't Wait know, a, a couple second. months from now, maybe we'll have a full blown romance. <laughs> is is this why you were late today? Because eventually, like the cops you were had at to Fed- be involved. FedEx, you were at FedEx <laughs> this whole time, weren't you? You wouldn't <laughs> yes, leave until. Yes, you guys. You well, guys, you know, that did you get the number? Was late today. <laughs> You know what's weird is that I was at FedEx uh, a few weeks ago delivering something for work, and I had to use my feminine wiles, and it worked for me. So I don't know what what happened, but Shut I got up. my. No. What did you, what did you well, do? I mean, what was your? What are your feminine wiles that you threw at him? Or her? It, it was really just the suggestion of like, you know, if you're nice to me, maybe something can happen. Okay, and just yeah. keep that door open just a little bit, and it's like. I'll be back here in a few weeks. So this is something you can't see because the the camera cuts it off. But uh, you were using your eyes. Ryan's hips don't lie, kind of in Shakira. Ways. No, I was so, I was using like my baby lifting arms of oh, like okay, just give him the gun show. You know that's all I need to do. So next time gun show, you know gun show, one of the least used feminine wiles. Yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> an underutilized one yeah next time i'll definitely be showing off my biceps and then yeah, i'll be getting some mail that's what you were missing um, <laughs> hey, nice yeah um, good but yes that's thank you right i'm yeah listeners you, you can't see this but i'm showing off my days? absolutely huge biceps <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. That's why yeah, I can I can definitely tell this. The there's no sway in your shirt at all. No extra material. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, that's that is who I am channeling. Uh, Mia, who are you channeling this week? That's a great question. Well, this is absolutely humiliating. It's as humiliating as showing up to the Oscars in the same dress because I am channeling Annie from Bridesmaids. I kid you not, I was absolutely floored to hear you say that because I do think it's a rom-com and I am also channeling absolutely iconic hero, Annie, um, Annie Walker. And I am channeling her. This has never happened before, Mia. Right? I know. I was shocked and I was like, I will not change because it's too kismet. I was like, I cannot change that I'm channeling her as well. It's too perfect. <laughs> and 
we're channeling her in just the best sort of like different Mia and Allie ways. Um, I am channeling Annie in the beginning when she is um, like she's having sex with um, Ted played by John Hamm. And um, and, and then throughout mm-hmm. the movie, she just like keeps going back to him. Right. Yes. Yes. And he's not good for her. Clearly, he's not good for her. He's not doing anything good for her. But she keeps going back because of like low self-worth and she's working through some things. And I every morning I wake up and I say, please do not start your day on Twitter. Mia, every morning I say, please do not start your day on Twitter. And I say, take a second. (laughs) And then every freaking morning I start my day on Twitter and it's, it's not doing anything good for me. It's only doing bad things for me. And I am sure it's related to self-worth and every day I go on Twitter and I just wait until something happens that makes me feel really bad. And then I get off and then I start my day. So (laughs) I am just going back to the same bad boyfriend Twitter to start my day. It's not helping me. It's not making my days good. And I need it to stop. I need it to stop like Annie. So I need some sort of intervention where I hit rock bottom like her. And I'm passing up. I'm passing up my lovely well, we morning. We actually all called you here. <laughs> I'm passing up my lovely morning meditation um, book, which is does- Chris O'Dowd. That's Chris O'Dowd. And I, every morning I say, Hey, Chris O'Dowd, I'm choosing John Hamm, <laughs> evil Twitter. So, um, that's what I'm channeling. I'm really hoping tomorrow I'll wake up and choose Chris O'Dowd like Annie eventually does. Um, but that's who I'm channeling. Wow. But it's never happened before. Allie and I channeling the same heroine. Um, rom-com gents, who are you guys channeling this week? Um, well, first? yeah, oddly, it's Annie from Bridesmaid. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah, I guess I can go first. You go first. Yeah, yeah. I discovered this this morning. Um, mine is a mistake of quantity. Um, where Wait, are you? Are you going with Annie? No, oh. no, I'm not really going. Well, then with who are you Annie. going with? Start with the person. <laughs> I'm then, then explain. I'm going. I'm going with um, Anne Shirley of Anne of Green Gables. I don't know. Like I don't know if we call her a rom com heroine necessarily, but she's definitely a heroine, and um, she right? reads <laughs> way too much. And I found myself. Like I, I got out of bed this morning and I was like, you know what? I'm going to read. And I got my coffee and I walked over to oh, um, wow. my reading chair. I sat down and I looked out into the world and I thought romantic thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my lap and there were three books on my lap. And I'm like, what the, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your life that you need to read three books and can't just read one at a time? One is a baby book. One is a fiction <laughs> book. Another is a fiction book that Ryan let me. And um, I think I'm just channeling the overindulgence that often comes from Anne of Green Gables, where she can't help but just dive into like escapism, but too many at the same time. I think your problem is you need to put them together. So instead of reading a baby book and a fiction book, you need to read a baby fiction book. Oh, like like exactly. a, like a children's book, like like nursery rhymes, because I found uh, oh, that okay, because I have a one year old and I've been we read a lot of he loves he loves his books and he always brings books to me so I read them. I've gotten so much better oh. at rhyming because it's just that immersion where it's like if all you're reading are nursery rhymes, then I just start to get this thing. So I like oh. sing to him. I'm like Theo, you're looking a little. Beto. See, I'm not very good at it now, but sure, I'll sure, get there. but on the day. I'll get there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just I, I'm I'm reading way too many books. Yeah. That's 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 what's up with me today. It's oh, a good amazing. problem to have. Yeah. 
Um, let's what about see. you, buddy? Mine, I wanted to go with, uh, I was thinking about this light last night, and I'm going with uh, F-O-X, Joe Fox. Um, <gasps> yes! If that's, uh, he's, he, Excellent. I think, uh-huh. I think that's allowed. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about the past week. Uh, it's been really nice to have this online community because I'm in charge of the Romcom Gents Instagram. And it's been nice to mm-hmm. just have an online community. And that's what Joe Fox has with Meg Ryan for a while is that they just have this <laughs> friendship where mm. they don't really know each other personally, but they know each other through their handles and through their conversations on there. And I'm just realizing like all the community that we've been able to like build with each other, like uh, I don't know who's in charge of your Instagram, but like we've been interacting and like all the other rom-com yeah. podcasts that are on there and we're like liking each other's posts and resharing stories stories and like encouraging one another and it's been just a really positive community it's like the anti-twitter because like twitter is just like the cesspool of negativity (laughs) but like rom-com instagram like all the different users on there it's just yeah it's just been really nice and really pleasant just being good community with each other and and, you know during lockdown that's been really missing so fox when he's on a good day oh not fox when he's trying to like (laughs) ruin small bookstores because sure. i'm also the inverse of that because i got to go to pals <laughs> as often as i can so i gotta, gotta go to my end <gasps> oh my god yes uh, what a freaking delight to have access to pals right now i love know? that also yeah yes that's i mean like joe fox is such a good channel because that's how um ps i love rom-coms met rom-com gents like on yeah. online yeah. Yeah. it's, yeah. it's yeah. our yeah. podcast this is rom-com. our story <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> oh, that's so sweet <laughs> All right, guys, let's introduce our first competitor for the semifinal match of March Magnus. This film absolutely blew its competitor, Serious Moonlight, out of the water with its incredible couple chemistry and classic Meg tropes. You guys, it's the beloved rom-com. You've got mail. Here are the stats. You've Got Mail came out in 1998, was written by Nora and Delia Efron, and was directed by Nora Efron herself. It brought in $250 million at the box office. In this film, struggling boutique bookseller Kathleen oh. Kelly, played by Meg Ryan, hates Joe Fox, played by Tom Hanks, the owner of a corporate Fox Books chain store that just moved in across the street. When they unknowingly meet online, however, they begin an intense and anonymous internet romance, oblivious of each other's true identity. Eventually, Joe learns that the enchanting woman he's involved with is actually his business rival. He must now struggle to reconcile his real-life dislike for her with the cyber love he's come to feel. All right, so from the sidelines, what are our thoughts of the movie? Was it any of our first time seeing it? Yeah, you guys, you guys are... Uh, fellow rom-com lovers, what, um, what, what's your guys' relationship with this film? Like, what was the first time you guys saw it, um, and rewatched it maybe? Uh, yeah. Well, let's see. First time I saw this was definitely the year it came out in theaters. In theaters? (gasps) In theaters. Um, I had the soundtrack. Um. Yes. And I've probably seen it 25 times, I want to say. <gasps> Something like that. Yeah. I mean, you're not too far behind mm-hmm. that. No, I don't know. If, uh, well, mine is, when did I first watch it? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know when the first time was. I can't. I've seen it so many times now because it's my wife's favorite film. 
like either so. favorite yeah. or top three. It's it goes. You've got mail, Anastasia. There is no number three. It's just those two movies that she watches over every, every episode day. of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, <laughs> and all, all of Gilmore Girls. Uh, she has so, incredibly. She has incredible taste. Those are she excellent does. choices. She, she does. Uh, so. She, that was her, like, did you guys, when you were kids, had that, like, one videotape of, like, well, it's Saturday, might as well throw in the movie I always watch every every day? Yes. 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 For me, it was, um, it was, um... It was Snow White. Um, but, uh, <laughs> good. That's good. That's okay. You can admit these things. Um, it's, it's not, it's, I mean, I rewatched it recently, uh, like at the beginning of the pandemic, being like, oh, I love this kid. I love this movie. When I was like a kid, I would watch it all the time. And I rewatched it and it's absolute trash. Uh, but uh, Mia, what about you? Um, mine was Good Burger with Keenan and Cal. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the orange VHS tape. I freaking I, loved I mean, it. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't say one now. This is too cool. Yeah. They just. <laughs> hey. They tears? just released it on Blu-ray this week. So go get. <gasps> well, the I gotta get me an orange Blu-ray. It better be orange. <laughs> <laughs> it better be. Mine's Back to the Future. I watched that a billion times. Oh. And Sarah's, my wife's, was Amazing. You've Got Mail. And so she. We watched it last night again, and she was quoting every line as it went by. And I usually stop her when she does that. I'm like, "No, you can you can just keep quoting." Um, so, I've seen you've got mail a billion times, so it's backward and forward. So much so head. that we only watch it at T Thanksgiving now. T Thanksgiving, yeah. you got to throw <gasps> oh on a good T Thanksgiving movie yeah. during T Thanksgiving. Oh my god, I love T Thanksgiving. Oh, we're very thankful for Tom Hanks and very oh, thankful very for his so. performance in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, he's so good. He just like, uh, and I go, no, I'm going on a tangent here, but there's this part where he's sitting on the bench with Meg Ryan and he's eating pretzels and he's going like and he's just like chopping pretzels and laughing and being like, Meg Ryan was like, she says that line where it's like, yeah, he has like, 172 insights into my soul and then he goes (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Tom Hanks the best thing that he gives us besides his hand acting like the part where he grabs his face out of the turkey is his big noises like in Sleepless in Seattle the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes yes that is so true now i have a question for you guys was there anything on the second rewatch of this because you guys said you've, you've seen it before that you noticed this time that you haven't noticed in past viewings because that's something i always when watching because we are but we're going to be discussing two nora efron movies today and every time i watch a nora efron movie i always feel like I catch something that I didn't catch the time before. Um, and I'm always like, wow, these movies are so rich with detail. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you caught this time that you hadn't caught in the past? I didn't really pay attention to season that much, but uh, Sarah pointed out to me that like it starts off in the fall. Like this, it has this like autumn orange glow look to everything. Yeah. She buys a pumpkin in the first scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a part in the middle of the movie where, uh, Sarah was like, why is it all blue outside? Like the color looks really weird on, on everything. Why is it that? And I was like, 
trying to figure it out because the blue daylight is such a contrast to the orange autumn glow. And I think they were trying to show, oh, it's winter now. Like it's Thanksgiving now. Like we have the mm-hmm. happy Thanksgiving scene at, at, at Zabar's. So there's <laughs> there's a like attention to detail of like how everything looks and they and then the movie ends in springtime. And there's there's an attention to de- detail that I wasn't like giving enough credit to. And here I am. I'm giving its credit. Hey, nice. What about you? Um, okay, it was less it was less a filmmaking thing, but more of I had never really interrogated this before, but we we've got Meg Ryan, who owns a small bookshop, and she's going up against Joe Fox, who is one of the owners of Fox Books, right? Super corporate. We got small American business versus corporate American business. And the only coffee shop that we see the two of them going into, because this movie is nothing if not rife with um, product placement, is Starbucks. And I'm like, Meg, Meg, come on, live up to your values, girl. (laughs) But, you know, I I don't hold it against her or anything (laughs) because Starbucks was super popular back in what, 2000, this is 2001? 98. 98. But it's not good coffee. What are you doing, Meg? It's prime Starbucks romanticism, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I I did pick up on? It's not so much like uh, an element I picked up on. I think like, Mm -hmm, but what mm -hmm. I noticed this time is just that no matter how many times I watch it, I never understand Joe Fox's family dynamics. So every time they explain it to Kathleen Kelly, I'm always like, yeah, what is that little boy? And I never get it right. You know, I've always confused (laughs) by the family dynamics. I think that's more about just me, but honestly pleasant to watch a movie you've seen probably 30 times and be like, yep, still don't know. Still don't remember. Um, so that's, that's what I, that's what I noticed. (laughs) All right. Are you happy living in bliss or do you want us to, uh, do you want us to map it out for you? No, I don't want to know. Actually. Yeah. yeah, We should know. (laughs) I mean, I don't really want to know, but I feel like we should, we could draw, we could draw it out and you know what? I love not knowing, you know, it's like the, it's like, you know, so much of rom-coms have been revealed to me this year (laughs) that it's like, let me keep a little bit of the unknown in place, you know? You got to keep mystery alive to keep, you know, the the spice in the relationship. Exactly. That's what Esther (laughs) Perel says. (laughs) Allie, what did you notice this time? I noticed uh, there's a line in the movie that I, in the past, I've always, I haven't really thought about it as much, but um, Meg Ryan's character, it's, it's near the end. It's in the third act where Meg Ryan and, uh, Tom Hanks or Kathleen Kelly and Joe Fox are like friends now. And they're like at that farmer's market and it's so fucking charming and beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Kathleen Kelly goes, um, I could never date a guy who owns a boat. And then (laughs) Joe Fox goes, I own a boat. And I was thinking about what, God, I, I should get a life, but I was thinking about like, why doesn't she like, people who have boats and then it's like earlier on in the movie we see a scene where joe and his dad are on the boat together and the boat is kind of like a place where like kind of scuzzy bachelors go to hang out after they've like gotten broken up with people and and it's on the boat that Joe realizes, like, I'm not going to be a boat man anymore. I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> an apartment man and I'm going to get my life together and get off this boat. And so, you know, I just I was thinking a lot about like boats and rom-coms and what they mean, because we sometimes see a lot of times like bachelor men 
hanging out on boats, you know, because... Or Bachelor Women in Joe versus Volcano. <gasps> well, that's no. Actually, yeah, but that's true. Yeah. to her dad. Her dad, yeah, that's true. Amazing mm-hmm. countdown. But the ultimate Bachelor boat owner guy is Matthew McConaughey in yes, Failure to Launch. In Failure to Launch. In Failure to Launch. They've got a boat in that and movie, too, I think. There is a it just, boat. It's, I've just seen the cover. He's just not that into you. Ben Affleck has a boat. Ben Affleck. Of course he's got a boat. In Sleepless in Seattle, Tom Hanks and son live in a boat house. Allie, would you be okay with the boat house, though? Yes, yes. Okay, that okay. Because I he's feel like an that's architect. one of the best houses. He's an architect, <laughs> yeah, right. so it makes sense that he has a cool-ass boat ah. house. Okay, well, guys, we have discussed our general thoughts about this movie, but then let's get let's get into Meg Ryan's performance a little bit. How do we think her gameplay was in this movie? Uh, were there any classic Meg moments where you're like, "Ugh, classic Meg, I love this," or outfits, or where you're just like, "Yes, this is her," you know, at her finest, or any moments where you're like, "She phoned that in a little bit." Why don't you take this one first? Um, this is just great Meg Ryan through and through. <laughs> first off, let's just get that off the bat. Um, I think the best, the most memorable thing to me is when she's, it's like in the middle of the movie and she decides to go to the mattresses and she's like boxing. Yes. She's like shadow boxing yes. and she's like getting ready to yes. fight. And like only Meg Ryan could be so adorable doing this. I'm just like so into it. And you know, there's like... <laughs> My wife doesn't look like Meg Ryan. She's a brunette, but just, just like, there's just like personality quirks that I think Sarah has like, uh, stolen f- from Meg Ryan. Cause she's watched <laughs> her so much. And the, like, I'm going to box you thing is just like, that's my wife. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if, if that's painting my critical view of Meg Ryan here, but mm. I'm appreciating it. What are you, what do you like? Um, no, I think there's something to be said about like, Oh, I was just going to I was just going to say there's something to be said about because I know Mia and I rom-coms have really affected us in our worldview, sometimes in good ways and sometimes in negative ways. Mm -hmm. But um, I think Nora Ephron and Meg Ryan together have created like some very beautiful, um, influential characters um, that have really shaped our lives. And I think that's that's a good, you know thing to keep in mind when we're scoring this later yeah, um, yeah. but yeah that, that's my piece <laughs> mia mia what do, what do you think um you know what i actually sort of observed a nuanced thing happening in meg ryan's performance in this which is i think this is like meg ryan transitioning from like quirky like sweet meg ryan to like where like we get to sort of like more french kiss Serious Moonlight Meg Ryan, you know, where it's like, this feels like quirky Meg Ryan, but with edge. So I thought it was sort of like a beautiful, um, like time, like, what's the word? It's like a beautiful, like encapsulation of a moment where like Meg Ryan is sort of transitioning in her performance. Maybe Nora Ephron's transitioning in her life as well. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I think it's a great performance. I think, you know, the most yeah. the most classic Meg moment I can think here is the, um, you know, like the, I said, I got to say exactly what I wanted in the moment. And like, you were right. It like made me feel terrible. Like I just, I just love the way she delivers her dialogue and that still sort of like stream yeah. of consciousness combative 
um, processing way. So yeah, maybe I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mia, I, that's a really interesting point that you, um, made because that it also makes sense in the timeline. Not a lot of people know this or bother to look this up because they're not <laughs> obsessed with rom-coms like we are. But when Harry met Sally, <laughs> was one of Meg Ryan's first big movies. It yeah, like yeah. technically came out, was released before Joe versus the volcano, which is like right. another very early Meg Ryan film. And that is such a good point that she's like shifting kind of in her maturity in this film. And I'm just trying to think like, were there any moments Mia where you felt like her performance were, was like, edgier because there is a lot of cute Meg Ryan in this movie but like um yeah definitely I when, definitely is it when she's think, like mean to Tom, Tom Hanks it's, it's when she's mean to him and then it's also there's like you know there's a bit of like moral ambiguity with this character as well a little more so so I think when she's yeah. like plotting with her boyfriend but she's right she's in the right but she sort of gets this like very um I feel like there's like more of like an edgy, like, you know, like Sally Albright is such like a hard on her sleeve, like, you know, exactly what she's thinking type character. When Ryan like goes to the mattresses, I feel like she's a little more Slytherin comes out. And then also when they're at that party, <laughs> when they're at that party and Tom Hanks is taking the caviar and she's like, what is that? What is that? What are you, what are you doing? That is a garnish. And then he like, you know, it's like, she's more yeah. like, like I'm coming out. that she takes it back off? Yeah. So I think, I think it's just like, yeah, that element. And then when she goes to the mattresses a bit more like, like genuine joy, but you know, that's, um, that's good, you know, right? Like obviously Joe Fox has all of those characteristics to the max and I'm not like, oh, Tom Hanks is super Slytherin here, but, um, it's nice to like see that element comes out where it's like more characters like Sally Albright or you've got male. Are these more just like, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Sally Albright or, Annie from Sleepless in Seattle are these more like just very earnest women. So it's kind of fun to see like a more like sort of like um, combative, uh, cunning Meg Ryan. Sassy. Yeah. I would say this is probably Meg Ryan's peak too with her rom-com oeuvre. I don't know where you guys are in the rest of March. Peak of her power. Yeah. Cause you know, with Kelly and I watched Kate Leopold's like way, way back. And we're just like, this is not working for us. This is not, this is not no. going well. I don't know if you guys have yeah. gotten to that yet, but it's, I think you've got nails. We, have, the peak. we, we <laughs> have gotten to Kate and Leopold and we, we talked about it a lot and it's the, I think the issue with that film too is like, it was, uh, and it, uh, I think Nora Ephron and Meg Ryan are just like an unbeatable team. They're just yeah. like mm-hmm. unbeatable together. And I think that Nora Ephron writes women in such a beautiful, real way. And I don't know if the writer for Kate and Leopold knew how to write for her or if she was the right person for that role. Um, because I know they were also thinking of Sandra Bullock for that role, which might have been yeah. better. Okay. Um, okay. On that point. So it was Stephen Rogers who wrote Kate and Leopold. He mm-hmm. also wrote Hope Floats, which is his first mm-hmm. screenplay that got produced, which is Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. I, mm-hmm. I started Hope Floats. I had to turn off Hope Floats. <laughs> I can't okay. wait to get so to Hope Floats just in a- our show. 
Well, he's just a I bad just, writer. I want to. I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus, but something wasn't we gelling. Also somebody who knows him. So. <laughs> yeah, but something wasn't gelling in Hope Floats. Something wasn't gelling in Kate and Leopold. I think both of those films could have been fixed. And I'm not going to say maybe the script was bad from yes. the get go. Maybe it was the studio like manipulating things and being like, "This should happen and this should happen," yeah. and just kind of ruining stuff. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, her character in that movie feels untaken we, care of or unthought of yeah. in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Like it's I, in maybe maybe he just wanted more drafts and they didn't give him more drafts. We we yeah. another Meg Ryan film which we felt like had potential but just didn't gel quite was Serious Moonlight right. and that the tragically the writer was murdered and so she didn't get oh. to write yikes more. Jeez. I that know. is tragic it's utterly yeah. tragic and um she didn't get to write we think that why why that character felt a little undeveloped is um just from the writing from the murder yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was the main writer all and she did a really good job in it yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone involved did. But yeah, she was, um, the, the, the movie came out in 2009 and then the writer, uh, was died in 2006. So it's like, yeah. And then they, they like put it together after she died, like in her honor. So yeah, we think it probably didn't get We should add more adjustments along the way. We should add that to our list. Yeah. Mm. Very, interesting. The list. Um, Very interesting. Very interesting. I thought, I thought of my thing. Oh, yay. I thought oh, of you my thought of your thing. Meg Ryan thing. Okay. What is it? So, so, uh, we, we see her in this movie sick, right? Th- that famous scene where she's like wearing her PJs, which she also wears earlier in the movie and she throws a trench coat on <laughs> over it and she attacks, yes. Meg Ryan attacks Kleenex, Kleenex boxes. Like she has unending supplies of them in her closet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved her sick acting. Like there's, there's an accent that you put on when you have a stuffy <laughs> nose and she just, really killed it and we we saw her heartbroken <laughs> in when harry met sally and that's like another scene where it's like she's she's talking just a little bit more yeah. nasally because like she's got a lot of emotions or a lot of boogers in there and I, that's what's called it's called booger acting <laughs> booger acting yeah it's 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 it's, it's like smell the fart acting yeah, yeah, it's, but it's, it's booger acting it's joey it's Joey Tribbiani esque, um, yeah. <laughs> but what i what i really want to see is a meg ryan drunk now which I can't think of a time that I have, but I'd really like to see her does she not, do that. Does she yeah. not get drunk in Joe versus the Volcano? None of the Megs got drunk? You know, she, she, I don't know if she gets drunk, but she's definitely at the table when she's, um, when she's middle Meg Ryan. I think she has drinks, but I don't know if she gets drunk. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that character is yeah. just like Meg wild Ryan's, anyway. Yeah. So who's redhead, but Meg Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did did we get um, Allie? Well, did we okay. get your right, you um, your oh. favorite Meg Ryan moment? Oh, oh wow! I uh, man, uh, I maybe it's just because this moment always makes me cry. God, it fucking wrecks me. It's when she watches. It's anytime she talks about her mother, her mom, yeah. and in this movie, just it wrecks me and. I think it's she's defending her mother to Joe Fox. And she's like, yeah, like maybe I'm not important. Um, maybe like the store isn't important, but my mother was important. And my, you know, she meant mm-hmm. something to people. And she was, you know, enchanting. Um, 
Did you it like just, the moment where we get a flashback of them twirling? Yes. Did you like that? Yes, I it, it always worked. <laughs> Allie and I, every it always worked. Every single time. Yeah. Every time I, we die. I like every single time, like clockwork, two tears, both mm-hmm. eyes fall down my face. Oh, God. <gasps> Do you, okay, do you like that I, moment or do you, are you like corny watching it? So the thing about like when guys come to rom-coms, there's things that we like get to finally be like, feel free to enjoy certain things. And it's like, uh, I'm in a safe space now that, cause we both love rom-coms. It's like, we're not going to be judged for liking these like uh, more sentimental things. But exactly. that was one of the moments where I've always been more classical, like, I don't know, guy about I'm like, this is kind of cheesy, but this rewatch <laughs> when I watched it, now that I have got a son, you're a father. Yeah. And I watch this mother and daughter. And I'm just saying there, I'm like, <laughs> it's just, just so good now because I get it. I, just I could get literally tear up from you describing it. And I do think it's a moment that gets more, obviously and you said it, it's sentimental and that you get more sentimental with age. So I think when I was a kid, I was like twirling, yeah. that's dumb. And then to be an adult and to hear that. You're just like ah! <laughs> so much. So, yeah, it's amazing. I could cry just thinking about it now. Uh, well, well, all right, you guys. It's time oh, to yeah. blow our whistles, make some tough calls, and award some points to You've Got Mail. Now, because this is the semifinal round, we are not only going to be awarding points based on the previous March Magnus rulebook, but we are also going to be adding some additional rules as well. Allie, want to quickly go over the scoring system and the new rules? I would love to, Mia. So, guys, for the quarterfinal rounds, these are the rules that we played by, and we will also play by these rules for the semifinal rounds, but we're going to be including some kind of three-pointer rules as well. Um, So to start off, the rules for March Magnus are as follows. Zero to ten points can be awarded to the movie for the quality of the chemistry between Meg Ryan and her fellow romantic lead. Zero to ten points can be awarded to the movie for the quality of Meg Ryan's humor. Zero to five points can be awarded to any hairstyle Meg Ryan showcases. One point will be awarded every time Meg Ryan walks with Spunk. One point will be awarded every time Meg Ryan wears an iconic outfit. Two points will be awarded every time Meg Ryan showcases a quirk. Note the same quirk can receive points every time that it is showcased one point will be awarded every time make ryan crinkles her brow two points will be awarded every time make ryan works in print media two points will be awarded every time make ryan is mean and then feels bad about it and at any time psi love rom-coms and their guests can create new march magnus rules and award points at their own discretion and then we have some fouls as well. Two points will be deducted every time Meg Ryan's hair is straight and past her shoulders. Two points will be deducted every time Meg Ryan's romantic interest is significantly less attractive than her or more than a decade older than her. Uh, and then, because this is the semifinal rounds, we are also going to be adding points to the film based on its staying power, uh, based on its critical acclaim, and based on its quote ability. Um, Mm. and we'll get into those a little bit after we, uh, just award some points and just to refresh our listeners in the quarterfinal rounds, Mia and I gave this film, I gave this film 48 points and Mia gave this film 47 points. Um, now rom-com gents, how, 
Do you want to walk us through kind of your your point scoring system, uh, some calls that you made? And um, it's okay if you haven't tallied up your points either. Uh, Mia is a human calculator. And if you just shout out <laughs> your points, she will uh, tally you them for you. Not to objectify you, Mia. You're an incredible <laughs> three-dimensional person. Thank you so much. But you're also but a I, robot. I'm happy to be objectified for my number counting ability. Thank you. <laughs> Kelly, you should go through your numbers and we'll say that that's from us. And I'll say, you know, that'll be us. But if I ever want to challenge, I'm just going to challenge you. Oh, okay. I'm just going to hit you in the nose and I'm going to say challenge. No, <laughs> I, I know. Let's do a different way to do that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wrinkle my brows at you. And okay. Then okay, okay. Challenge. You'll crinkle your brows. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Walks with Spunk. Um, I, I was, I was actually surprised that I only came up with three spunk walking in, mm -hmm. in this one. It's, um, it's a movie that I imagined her doing it more, yes. um, just because there's so many times where she like walks to, well, her, her walk to work at the beginning of the movie, right? Where her and Tom Hanks are doing their like respective walks to work. Which did you guys get this like walking to work? That sounds so nice. <laughs> like I've been working from home for the past year. I was like, I yeah. just want to walk to work. <laughs> yeah, yes, especially in LA, New so York. Impossible. Oh my yeah. gosh, please. Yeah, uh, I know. New York in the fall walking. Oh, what a dream. Um, what are other quirky walks? Uh, there were there were a couple other ones. I don't know. I didn't really like label them. I just counted. Those okay, ones. you got three. I got three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. What, let's see. Uh, outfit. Okay. This is one where I feel like you and I might have different ones. Yeah. But um, what I did is that white shirt with the black vest. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. It's it's like her first bookshop yes. Yes, 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 outfit. Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, and yes, like yes. her, her coworker is wearing like a very similar shirt. It's a very 90s, like big collar shirt. And I don't know. There's just something about it that feels so yeah. of its time. And so Meg Ryan, it's like, mm -hmm. Yeah, you obviously yes. own a bookstore, yes. are like well-read and are <laughs> Meg Ryan. Mm -hmm. So it felt iconic. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, like I, I was, you know, <laughs> debating on giving this uh, another, a, a second outfit, but which one to pick? Because like the dress at the end is actually the same exact colors as the outfit she's wearing right before the dress at the end, where she's like wearing this linen, these linen Ooh, wow. slacks with a cardigan. And then she's just wearing a dress with a cardigan. It's all the same colors. And so I threw mm -hmm. those ones out and said the mm -hmm. PJ and trench coat. I think those oh, yeah. are iconic. Oh yeah. Like that scene yes, to me is yes. one of the best scenes in the movie. That's iconic. Where he comes over and gives her flowers. So and yeah. so I, I just had to go with those two. Mm -hmm. What about you? I concur. Oh, thank you, thank you doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, how many points then are you getting? Uh, well, those are one per, right? Yeah. So two, right? two total. Yeah. So right now this one. you're at But five. you didn't, you didn't want to give the final dress? Um, I want to make a case for the dress. The, I mean, get at it. Uh, the dress at the end. Just because. She's wearing it for all of like three minutes. Well, it, there's so much narrative importance to it because she goes out with Joe Fox uh -huh. and she's wearing like pants and a shirt or whatever she's wearing before then. Sure. But no, when yeah. she's meeting the guy, when she's meeting NY152, she's got to change into the dress. So but the like dress the, is important <laughs> for her. I like the psychology of the dress and what she's wearing beforehand being so similar because it shows that she's not really the only thing mm. she's changing is the possibility of romance. She's not changing herself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I like wow. that. Wow. But the, the dress that yeah. she's wearing is like that's a girl know, who right? likes daisies. That's that's oh, yeah. daisies are the friendliest flowers. Right. <laughs> yes. And that's a friendly dress. So. Okay, My so let's add, that's three. Three. Frankly. 
Crinkling. Um, <laughs> um, crinkles her brow. <laughs> we're 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 on the crinkles her brow. I'm. This is. I I, I don't want to comment. I want to really bring this up as not a negativism, but Meg Ryan clearly got just a little bit of work done between these movies. Um, and yes. the the brow crinkling, it just I feel like it would have happened a little bit more often. Um, Wait, was that, there like some Botox mm-hmm. thingy going on? I mean, just or? just a little bit, like you know, just. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah. she she obviously crinkles yeah, which her we brow celebrate and we a little bit less and we totally in this movie than she does as a woman in Hollywood, as a woman yeah. in the world, yeah. completely. Yeah, but yes, yes, the brow crinkle decreases. And that's yeah, why I wanted to bring it up as just something like it decreases in this movie, of course. Yeah, so yes, I think yes, we know, that needs we know to be that, we point wise, like reflected. Yeah, love that. Well, so I'm just going to say yeah. I gave it 11. Yeah. I found 11. I, I want to know yours. Like, how many did you two get? <laughs> two. Oh crap. Okay, yeah, I have it right here. The brow crinkles were. Do you think we should meet? Brow crinkle. Uh, and then I just wrote, "What should brow crinkle?" <laughs> <laughs> And then I wrote rooftop killer, brow crinkle, marching into the unknown with nothing, brow crinkle, green gables, brow crinkle, don't know him, brow crinkle, (laughs) ballet shoes, brow crinkle, heard you were sick, brow crinkle, and then this one just says date crinkle <laughs> so as you can say i take really in-depth notes sure, um sure. you can kind of figure out where that was happening in the movie but um those were the brow crinkles i got okay yeah i think i got a couple more uh there was one with um the caviar scene where yes. Ooh, yeah. yeah um that might have uh, been my date crinkle oh that might have been it yeah yeah I, I, I just have 11 here. I just have a number because like that, that I, I, Robin and I were both taking notes and we were just like, brow crinkle, brow crinkle, write it down. And so I have like, like tallies as if I've been in ye old tiny jail, like written here. Um, works in print media. This yes. one. Does she work in print media? She yes, sells yes, print media. Yes. But she does it twice. You know she why? She sells print media. And then she, she's a lady, <gasps> a children's author. I'm, I'm, I'm saying she does it twice in this movie because she's then writing a book. So I give this four points. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. damn, okay. you're right. Wow. That's such a good um, call. Because she's not technically hired yet, but she has like, she's talking to a publisher. So I want to say that she's as a writer myself, who sometimes writes lots of times, most times writes things that don't get published. I work in print media. Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. Next (laughs) showcases a quirk. This one, I wrote every single one down. Red Pride (gasps) and Prejudice 200 times. That's an impressive amount of times. Okay. I don't think I've seen Star Wars that many times. Um, I labeled that twice just because at one point in time, she brings Pride and Prejudice to the date. And so presumably at some point in time when she was waiting (laughs) for Tom Hanks to show up, she was maybe reading it again. And so I gave it only a total of four. I had way more quirks for our other movie this time. So can you think of another one? I mean... Is the quirk of just meeting someone online and having a friendship with them? Can I mean, we just call that a quirk itself? It's a premise quirk, but like maybe it was a quirk at the time. Yeah. 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 So you want to give it another two She's points? Pretty, yeah. 
quirky in her in her low key cheating, like where she's like, yeah. like sure. she does this yeah. little dance where it's like Greg Kinnear leaves, and then she does this little dance where she's like, she looks, yeah. oh, he's going down the stairs, and then she does a little dance to the window, and she goes up. Oh, She's walking down the street, and then she does a little dance, and yeah. she like goes yeah. online. So it, it's all it all it all together. To six. Yeah, our, yeah, our total is six right there. Six quirks. Okay, um, amazing. Feels bad is mean than feels bad, which I mean, if we can say anything is a difference between when Harry met Sally, Sally Albright, and um, Kathleen and Kelly. Kathleen Kelly I should know that that's my mm-hmm. name. <clears throat> is that she feels much worse in this movie. She has yeah. more opportunities too. Mm-hmm. She's a more empathetic person. She doesn't mind holding a grudge in when Harry met Sally. So we've got one at the coffee shop, the classic, like first time she gets a zinger off. You can tell she's got tears in her eyes the right zing. afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she's sick and Tom Hanks comes over, she she <sighs> feels sad once and then she's mean to him again and then feels mm-hmm. sad about it a second time. Right, right. She's couch. like, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I, get, I gave this six points for a total of three is mean than oh, feels wow. bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I concur. Yeah. So total yeah, of fantastic. six. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm breaking the the rules here. No, <laughs> I think this we're is allowed good. to. No, this is all. This is your. There are, the rules are very fluid. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Fluid so do we want to go to? Do we, we? You wanted me to go to the fouls or to the the overall voting? I, let's go to the generals. Let's go to general. Okay. The generals of like chemistry and humor, like those are the big hitters of like we can really do some damage, you know, with plants and stuff like that. Absolutely. Okay, so Ryan, Ryan, and I always argue about like one to ten ranking. Our IMDb ranking system is completely different, so I can't rate a movie (laughs) under five. Yeah, and and I'm like, if 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 a movie (laughs) is not watchable, then you can rank it a one. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so that gives Ryan stress sweats, so we're not going to do that. Um, oh, I chemistry. love that. Just like respect for the Ryan, overall I'm, effort. I'm giving this to the five. Full I love that. Yes. <laughs> um, nine for chemistry. Well, I okay, so I gave this one a ten <gasps> because ten a whole yeah I went ten ten. Frankly, um, the reason why is <laughs> is because the I mean you. You want to argue me down to a 9.5? I'll meet you in the middle. So you're saying, if you're giving it a 10, you're saying this is the apex of chemistry. This is the greatest chemistry mm. ever captured on screen. I think chemistry... Nothing will ever be better than this ever. Well, no, no, no. Other things can be 10s too. Have you not rated movies the same? I have like five movies oh, that are number 10 and they all start with the same two words, which is Star Wars. I, so I think uh, if you combine more <laughs> Efron with tom hanks and meg ryan that is so well handled and chemistry can be found in argumentation it can be found in like just the looks that they give each other like the first look that they have with each other in the bookshop where they just have a like a lingering look that just lasts Mm. for an extra couple seconds and just how they can like actually discuss with each other without discussing what's going on. There's so much subtext between the two of them. Uh, to me, it's it's one of my favorite couples. I, I actually like Annie and him yeah. as a faraway couple in Sleepless in Seattle as well, but I don't really count that. Um, okay. 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 Hold on. Okay. Let's 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 slow down here. <laughs> we don't we, we have a we only have a certain amount of time on this podcast. I know, but this is we don't want to rush you don't want to rush chemistry. So the near the end of the movie, 
near the end, <clears throat> he's talking to her and he's saying, if, if I wasn't Joe Fox and you weren't Kathleen Kelly, you weren't shop around the corner. <sighs> and he does this thing where he touches her shoulder. Yeah. And she, she like, she, she, she wants it to be there, but she's like also trying she's to like, shrug it off at the like, same time. There's so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not a, eh, no, it's but a, it's, it's a confusion. There's a lot of yeah, feelings yeah, lot in of this emotions. shoulder touch. Um, this movie is, yes. it, it was Sarah's favorite movie as a child. And I think it's because the sexual chemistry is PG rated. Like there's not, there's not, mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. like, it's very Victorian. Absolutely. It's just like, I touch your shoulder and you're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> shoulder touching here. Um, so for me to give it a 10, I guess in the context of a PG rom-com. You like some good sex in your rom-com, I, huh? There's, there's some <laughs> sex appeal missing from their chemistry, which I feel conflicted about criticizing because it's a PG rom-com. Like, should I, but, but then again, then again, wow. there's a sexiness in the Empire Strikes Back, which is PG. So I don't know. Why always Star Wars? Why always yeah, Star Wars? Because I mean, that's what we rate everything against like, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really interesting I'm, point. I'm, I'm and willing I to do agree 9. with 5. you because. 9.5. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get it. I get both points. I love, I freaking love them together in this movie, but I also think you're right. And that it's like, I think there are examples of more PG rated romance that have more sexual tension. I'm thinking, what was my big fat Greek wedding? Was that PG or PG 13? PG maybe. Cause it was like a family movie. Oh, oh man. That was that PG. I'm going to look they, that movie was like surprisingly sexy. Like, right? like I think um, that thing you do is PG and like um, oh, yeah. I mean the kiss at the end the kiss with is Liv Tyler is a little bit more yes. is, yeah. Ooh, yeah and yes. like, and then yeah Rita Wilson in that movie oh Rita Wilson I mean but Tom Hanks uh, and Meg Ryan's kiss in this it's good but it is it is very Disney. Right. You oh, guys, wait, my big fat Greek, you guys, my big is, fat Greek is wedding PG? is PG. Okay. You got it. I mean, no pressure. It's your point system, but that really contextualizes this for me. <laughs> I mean, you've got like a full on. I mean, I can't. I mean, nine. Nine. No pressure. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to hop answer. in here and say that, you know, chemistry isn't always, you know, sex too. It's also like, I think you guys made this good point earlier. It's like, it's arguments. The way that you argo, okay. you argue is like art artful and like the way that mm-hmm. you um you know shop together at a farmer's market is mm-hmm. is beautiful and there's chemistry there where it's like oh i'll i'll pay for your bundles of um leaves or whatever she's <laughs> I have, buying I, I have four words for you ryan i love you man what the chemistry in that movie is a 10 <gasps> there is no sexual chemistry between him and Seth I Rogen? Mean, wow. I mean, they do that they're uh no, I will counter I will counter argue. They do have a sexual openness with each other because they're talking about his masturbation station. So and they don't have that talk here because again, PG. So I'm still sticking with nine out of ten. Okay, nine we'll say nine. 10. Nine let's, out of ten. Let's 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 okay. move on from this nine. Okay. deep dark hole of a of a question. I didn't okay. think I would use the term <laughs> masturbation station on this talk about. I don't even know now. if we're allowed to. <laughs> they can bleep it out. That's okay. Um, you know, we run okay. the gambit. Uh, we're, sex, we're a sex positive podcast. We have some younger listeners, but it's important for them to hear that. It's important for them yeah. to hear this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Um, Meg's hairstyle. This is one movie where it really doesn't change much compared to many of Meg's other films. Like this is a very right. consistent <laughs> haircut. Classically 90s, not quite like the Rachel, but it's got it's got its own personality to it. Oh, it's a little bit more great reference though. Like, you know, I, I yeah, I don't want to blow this out of my face, but if it gets in my face just a little bit, that's fine. Um, so what are you giving it? I, I gave it like it's a really good hairstyle, but it's not it's it's not my favorite of her. I like her Annie hairstyle way more. Um, I like, mm. I like at least one of her curly, uh, hairstyles and when Harry met Sally. So I give this 3.5 yeah. out of five. Mm, yeah. Sally. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Like it's not bad. And it's, it's something that I like and am attracted to as well, but you know, 3.5. so I'm going to, I'm going to bring that up to a four. I want us to bring it up to a four because <laughs> Sarah <laughs> leaned over to me last night and was like, that's the kind of hairstyle I wanted when I was oh young watching this. I'm like, so right, now you're so, going to look into our podcast yep. where Sarah is like, she, I, I try to, like I try specter. to keep comments of my wife to like a, no, no. a standard five podcast. So uh, since, <laughs> since it's Sarah's favorite hairstyle, I got to honor that. And I'm not saying let's make it a five. I'm just saying let's make it a yeah. four. Okay, four it is. Fine. Yeah, that's so sweet. I love uh, that. Meg's humor in this one out of 10. I, I, I wrote something. You give me your number, though. I already just looked at your number. Well, give me your number. Um, <laughs> out of 10? Out of 10. 10. When am I laughing in this movie? Who am I uh, with, laughing that at? That Meg Ryan makes you laugh. Because I think her humor is not like laugh out loud humor in this movie. It's a lot of it's a lot of small stuff. It's a lot of her scraping the caviar back off his plate. Yeah. It's like um Yeah. I don't know. It's it's in like disappointed looks when the man with the cape comes in. Um <laughs> it, she's surrounded by funny people. It's like she's surrounded by Steve Zahn and and like the other people at the shop that are mm. just bringing a little bit more comedy. Okay, and so I give this a six. I think a six point five. Okay, here's here's the funny thing. Mm. The way that the humor is done in this is that Meg Ryan puts the ball on the tee, and then all the other actors around her get to swing and just hit the ball just out of there. Yeah, yeah. and so like. You know, That's like, really, Bert, is it Birdie nice or Gertie? Birdie? Birdie has that line oh, yeah. about um, the... Every, nothing's changed yeah. here. No, but she she has the um, the phone <laughs> sex joke where it's like, I tried to have cyber a sex once signal. and I got a busy signal, uh -huh. which is such a like, uh, like yeah. a but kind of joke in this kind of movie. But it's, it's the other characters yeah. get the punchlines and Meg Ryan's just like, well, here's my life. Here's... Here's an opportunity to make a punchline out of it. So I feel like without her, you wouldn't have the punchlines. Yeah, but like I, I feel like I, I don't want to compare mm. it to the other movie right now, but I feel like we get more of that in other I, films. Can we say seven? Say seven. Okay, seven it is. Yeah. You're, all you're doing is raising it up because this is the seven. way we we rate things here. Seven. Okay. Yeah. So seven. 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 We have rated this rom-com with our initial points. But I think now as a group, let us come to the consensus on these three categories, which is the film's staying power, its critical acclaim, and its quotability. And this mm. is on a scale of one to 10. Should we? Okay, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to have us each on these three categories on 
aging power slash staying power, critical acclaim and quotability. Let's each come up with three numbers uh, for what we think for this film. This is like a special semifinal round addition because we're going to be, as it gets more competitive, we got to get a little more critical. Um, and I'll go first. I'll think, I think that this film, whew, staying power, I would say, even though this film revolves around AOL and is definitely dated, I think that it has better stain and aging power than you would think just because as uh, somebody who is meeting people online and dating people online, like a lot of the stuff that they deal with in this rom-com of like meeting somebody online and feeling like a certain connectedness to them um, and then meeting them in real life and seeing that they're kind of a different person um, is still relevant today. I also think that Meg Ryan's character as a woman who has to who has a who has to learn how to compromise and also let go of her mother's dream and then accept her own dream um to be a writer and and fulfill her own potential as a and and discover her own path is a very like strong lesson. So I would give this film a oof 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 um I'd give it a nine. I'm, a, but I'm a softie. Okay, I give it a nine, and then I give uh, quotability. I'd say, let me think about how many quotes I can come up with right now. Her going, Kathleen Kelly, caviar is a garnish, and these are quotes that Meg Ryan has said that I think are very quotable. Um, her doing her little punchy thing. I, I would give this movie like a a six for quotability and for critical acclaim. I'd give it like an eight. Yeah. Mia, Mia, where are you coming in at? Great. For staying power. Yeah, I'm in agreement, Allie. I think that even though the specifics have changed from AOL dial-up, that yes, it um, relates to online dating here in 2021. I think that the themes around capitalism and how... I mean, you could just insert new specifics. I mean, eventually Amazon yeah. got rid of the big box bookstores Amazon. The, uh, to a certain extent. So it's like, really, you can just play Mad Libs with specifics. And the themes in this are so applicable today and how we feel about our neighborhoods. I mean, like, boys, we, ha we have a common reference points all around town. Like, I get so sad when I... Um, Look at the DSW at Bridgeport that used to be a Borders. You know, like I'm nostalgic for big box bookstores now, uh, even though we have like oh, the lovely yeah. panels. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, like it's like there's little things like that where you're, it's like, yeah, where like things just keep um, changing, but the themes stay the same. So for staying power, and there's not, honestly, there's not a lot in this movie that's super offensive in 2021, which is pretty cool. Um, like not a lot of punching down. Um, so yeah, you know what? I am gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight because I gotta leave room. Ugh, I gotta leave. No, but it's perfect. It's I'm nine. I'm giving it a nine. It's really staying power is fantastic. Gotta leave room. Gotta leave room. Gotta leave room. I was gonna leave room, but I I can't argue with its staying power. Um, quotability. It's such an interesting question, and I would have raised higher, but Allie brings up a good point, which is like this is not this is not um, Nora Ephron March Magnus. This is March. Magnus starring Meg Ryan and Meg Ryan's quotability in the film, right? It's like, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, the best quote in the movie is probably Patricia's great. Patricia makes coffee nervous. You know, there's lots of great things like that. Yeah. But 
I know that's Allie's favorite line, but um, you know, not I think like we, and like well, like the great point you made, Ryan, which is like a lot of the humor and the stuff is not being driven for Meg Ryan; it's being set up by Meg Ryan. So I would say for that, I'm gonna meet Allie where she's at. Give it a six. Critical acclaim. Phenomenal film. Great film. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with eight as well. I think it has a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, you know, and that's, we're not, we don't, we don't, we don't base a lot of, we don't give a ton of stock to Rotten Tomatoes. That's not our end all be all, but it's like, that's what it gives it. And it's a movie that still makes sense today. So great. That's where I am at. Rom-com gents. What do you think? Okay. Staying power. Um, Obviously the CGI at the beginning, top notch. Um, I, uh, I think you're right. Like this movie has, I, I always, whenever I go back to movies in the the nineties, uh, especially ones that I like, I'm always doing that, like, you know, bite my lip, like, what am I going to see here this time that I didn't see last time or when I was younger, mm-hmm. but this movie is, um, pretty deft. Um, I, I've seen this, I, like I said, like 24 times, I, I think it's for me personally, it has a lot of staying power and I think it does speak to pretty universal themes. And there, there is like the question of the only thing that like I come back to is the only reason that like we don't dislike Tom Hanks for lying to her is because his intentions are so pure. Um, cause otherwise it gets a little bit, just a little bit creepy, but yeah. I still, yeah. I would give this a, eight or nine for staying power. What about you? Well, it was interesting watching it last night. Cause I was just like, wow, the Barnes and Noble borders thing phenomenon. They didn't really have that long of cultural dominance. Like yeah. the age of mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble is over. It's like, basically after the Harry Potter opening parties. Yeah, yeah. Like we, <laughs> yeah. we've got pals in Portland and there's like the strand and other like famous bookstores, but otherwise like the mega bookstore is not really a thing anymore and it's not really a threat anymore, especially like the bookstores got to survive the ebook thing. And I feel like people, if people want to buy a good book, they're not like, where's the closest Barnes and Noble? They're just like, where's, uh, at least for me, I'm just like, yeah, it's pals. Uh, so I, I, the, this idea of like big, bad Fox books, I don't think that's as relevant as it was back then like it's and it's just getting less and less so every year so i'm gonna dock it for that well but i i liked mia's point though that like amazon has kind of taken over the as like the big bad voodoo daddy of the um of like corporate america yeah and i don't know like i'm wondering like there's no no book friends but does what's the 2021 version of doing that though though. how would you like how would you make amazon is there? Amazon has a GD bookstore open at the freaking Americana. I mean, how cruel is that? What? <laughs> like Amazon closed a bunch it. of bookstores? Yeah. And it opens a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's like it twisted at, at the Americana crazy. right now. They still have a Barnes and Noble and an Amazon bookstore. And it's That's like, like going what? to a Facebook plaza. That's like yeah, in the middle of a I know. City. And it's like, oh, oh like uh, standing on a wall and like writing what your status <laughs> is. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I love going to the wall downtown. It's yeah. so nice. Gonna let people so know gonna... what I'm feeling or what I ate for <laughs> breakfast. Can we go with eight for staying power? Because just because eight point five. Eight <laughs> fine, eight point five. <laughs> Done. AOL, Barnes and Noble, AK Fox Books. 
there's some things where it's like, it's not really like that anymore at all. Like it's a little bit like that, but not really. So yeah. I'm gonna get good, good at duck it just on that. Fair. Part. Okay. Uh, all right. Critical, uh, critical claim. No, no, they did oh, critical quotability. Claim. Quotability. Either one. Either one. Uh, Freshly I, sharpened pencils. Daisies are my friendliest are the friendliest flowers. Um, okay, twirling. Sure. I don't know. I I quote this all the time with Robin. It's just like back and forth. Let's say seven. Yeah. For seven. Meg. For it's, Meg. It's Meg. So seven. Right. Yeah. I'd say seven point five. Seven point five. Jeez, gotta punch up these days. <laughs> all right. And then um, critical acclaim. I'd say an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a eight. solid eight. Yeah, yeah solid eight. Yeah. Okay. okay. Nice. Nice. You guys. You guys. The points are in. For oh, wait, we didn't. We didn't uh, dock it though. What do, do you we mean have docking? to dock it? Oh, fouls. With our fouls. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do the fouls. The fouls. Oh yeah. Rip it to shreds, guys. <laughs> Let's do the okay. fouls. <clears throat> well, uh, she had, her hair was the same this whole movie, so I couldn't dock her for that. Um, however, okay, I I don't think Tom Hanks is, I think he is on a level with Meg Ryan, personally speaking. Mm-hmm. I think um, at the end of the movie, he's, you know, he's put on a few lovable pounds, but that's fine. Um, that was for production <laughs> reasons. Put on and, some you know, quarantine weight, some yeah, COVID weight. I, I, but I, he's still, he's just all the more huggable for it. Um, mm-hmm. Do we count Greg Kinnear? That was my main question. <gasps> is he oh, eligible yeah. for yeah, um, the, what is it? I mean, Greg Kinnear's very handsome, right? Yeah. Right? But well, in terms of, in terms of on categories, the, on the, on the, very, so, he's a... You're allowed to get genuine, any genuine suggestion. Yeah, any genuine suggestion of a love interest is viable. Like Cape Man wouldn't be viable. That's a joke. But Greg Kinnear is a serious pitch for her, so that counts. And his attractiveness, yes, debatable among us. So, so Mike Ellie likes him. Is a fucking ten. (laughs) we um i i do i i guess i have a question then is it greg kinnear that we're judging as 10 years older or is it the character he but he's neither right oh greg Greg kinnear it's it's the actors it's it's kathleen right it it would be meg ryan's age and greg kinnear's age yeah i think they're near which i think Um, i don't think i don't think they're 10 years i don't really know meg ryan's 59 greg kinnear is yeah. yeah, yeah. And Tom Hanks is probably fifty-seven. Not 10 He's younger. Years He's two years younger. Oh, okay. Hot. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm not going to dock it at all. No docks. No docks. <gasps> because like, yeah, it's like Kansas. There are no docks. <laughs> bad joke. Yes. <laughs> I'm be careful with you're that bad. joke. It's an you're antique. Bad and I'm going to put it down. Bad. <laughs> uh, so right. no docks actually. No foul. Wow! 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 No harm. No foul. Wow. wow. Yeah. There's been no harms and no fouls and you've got mail. Okay, you guys. All right. The points are in for you've got mail. But before we have Mia do the final tally, let's introduce, introduce our second competitor who absolutely destroyed Kate and Leopold. Mopped the floor yeah, with Kate like and Leopold. <laughs> you guys, it... The movie we're about to introduce is three full courses of Meg Ryan with some Billy Crystal on the side. You guys, it's the iconic When Harry Met Sally. (laughs) 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 Here are the 
stats. When Harry Met Sally came out in 1989, it was written by Nora Ephron and directed by Rob Reiner. It grossed $92.8 million. In the film, recent college graduates Harry Burns, played by Billy Crystal, and Sally Albright, played by Meg Ryan, take a road trip from Chicago to New York during which they argue about whether or not men and women can ever truly be platonic friends. Ten years later, they meet again at a bookstore and test out their theory by attempting to stay friends without sex becoming an issue between them. However, they eventually fall in love and bang and do it. Uh, okay, you guys, wh- what are our thoughts? Did we like what we saw on the court from Meg? Was What is your guys' relationship with one of maybe the most beloved rom-coms of all time. <laughs> um, I mean, this was really what got you into watching rom-coms. This was right? my crossover <gasps> rom-com that got me into like, okay, this is the best. How, how old were you when you saw it? I was, uh, I, oh, well, I guess I was like 20-ish, early 20, was I, I don't know, 20? Yeah. 20? 20 sounds good. 20. Uh when I was in college, I was like watching a bunch of like classic films because I was like kind of a film student and I was just watching these art house movies, these high and mighty movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just want something, you know. I love the day where you watched Seventh Seal and we're like, I need something lighter. I, I need know. something a little lighter. <laughs> uh, and I watched when Harry Met Sally and I was like, and that was the movie where I was like, wait, are rom coms good? Because like for the when I was in my like pretentious stage, you know, rom-coms were just kind of like pushed aside as this like whatever genre, like not a serious thing to be like looked at. But when Harry Met Sally is the great masterpiece rom-com where it's like, yes, rom-coms are good. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. masterpiece Um, for me. Let's see. I watched the probably I'm going to guess three hour version of the movie on TNT. Oh, with all uh, the commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, back in like the <laughs> late 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I was introduced to rom-coms at such a young age that this one, by the time I watched it with you for the first time, I'd probably seen it like eight or nine times mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, classic masterpiece. It's one of the the greatest testaments to um, why we need more female writers in the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Some of Nora Friends best. Yes, yeah. Kelly. Yes, uh, yes. So um, when you rewatched it this time, were, uh, were there anything, was there anything in it that you're like, oh, you saw it in a different light? Um, it brought up new things for you that you hadn't seen before? Hmm. You watched this, you watched this before you rewatched You've Got Mail, didn't you? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I have to go chronological. <laughs> um <sighs> The apartments. Okay, oh. so um, when Meg Ryan broke up with with Joe, um, you know, off screen, um, the the apartment. She says that they had like this like Mexican tile, yeah. like ceramic floor yes. in the kitchen that they never yeah. did it on. That they never went to Bone Town on. Yeah, and <laughs> like the like when we actually see her apartment, I'm like that apartment doesn't have tile in it. Come on. (laughs) And, um, but I, I do have to say that like, um, her apartment, uh, is very classic Meg Ryan apartment. It's charming. It's cute. It feels a little bit more eighties than it does nineties, which is appropriate. Um, and florals. Yes. Yes. Like the, 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 yeah. 
the 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 I don't know um, shelf behind her bed. I, it was it was really good like that. And then you see his apartment, which is like black and massive and more industrial. It's far more masculine, right? And so the the production mm-hmm. design. They I know that in the uh, pre production of this movie that they spent a lot of time arguing about whether they were going to shoot this in New York or like shoot L A for New York. And Nora Ephron like pushed. She was like, <gasps> No, we have to shoot it in New York. And I'm really glad she did just, yeah, yeah, just for, for these, these aspects. And if you notice Joe Fox's apartment, since we were talking about, you've got mail is filled with like black furniture and, Mm. you know, is, is a little bit more like Harry's apartment as well. Yeah. 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 I have two. One, when we first meet Billy Crystal, what's going on with his eyebrows? Do you think they filled him in like they filled his hair? <laughs> There's something odd about his eyebrows that it yeah. looks weird. I'm sure they did. His the yeah. hair, his hair is like he didn't it's he looks old still. I mean, like weird. they're trying to make him look young and it's like, <laughs> no, looks... you just look like you put a lot of extra hair on an old guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my first thing that I noticed. Second thing I noticed, um, uh, I want to plug the book that we had a guest on Aaron Carlson. She wrote a book. Um, I'll have what she's having. And it's about the three <gasps> Nora Ephron, Meg Ryan book yeah, highly movies. Recommend. Great. Wait, book. I think I Great might book. have that book. And there's a story about, you should have it. It's, it's a classic. I'm uh, getting that book. Yeah. And she, there's, there's a story in that book about, um, they're looking for Meg Ryan's glasses, like what frame she should be wearing. And one of the assistants was wearing glasses. Oh, yeah, that's right. And <laughs> Meg Ryan's like, oh, what about these? And she plucks them off the assistant that and is... like puts them on and it's like, okay, here we go. This is it. And those glasses were like several hundred dollars, like really and it's not that expensive. she wanted some made for her. She wanted those, those glasses, specific this ones. assistant's glasses. She just took which those glasses is kind of a bad bitch move. Like <laughs> I'm, I, but at, I don't see it from Meg Ryan, and so it's such a weird story. I know, and and then you see she's wearing those glasses in the bookstore. I'm like the glasses, those like are the glasses. those are the glasses that she knew that she had to have. Those are so. the glasses. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm jealous because all that you guys get to wear glasses. Incredible. I never get to wear glasses. Yeah, I didn't bring my glasses yes, today. We are glasses, glasses We love our glasses. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Something that I like me and I talked about, uh, I think in our when Harry met Sally episode, um, something that we noticed and I, I, we would love to get your guys thought thoughts about this as well is on a rewatch that Harry Burns, character negs Sally Albright so much in this movie to the point where she even calls him out on it, where he, you know, says something like, you're much, you know, more relaxed now than used to be. Used to be so uptight or something like that. And then she goes, huh, Harry, you do one of those things where it sounds like a compliment, but you're really just like mm-hmm. I mean, that was intentional me. in the writing, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, uh, I'd say that, yeah. I, I'd, I'd agree. That is a correct to some like, <laughs> assessment of Harry. <laughs> Like they uh, very intentionally wanted to write him as kind of an asshole. And I'm like, uh, Nora was like, we have to, if Rob Reiner, if you do this, you got to know guys do this I and think, we have to call it out. I think only Sally yeah. Albright has the patience for him. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. there's many other yeah. women out there for him. Yeah. <laughs> Helen left him. <laughs> yeah, we can see why. <laughs> for Ira though. 
Ira for oh for man, I would Ira. love to know more about Ira and like what his deal is. I love that like it's this big like big meaty story about an affair and then when he shows up it's like they look like the most boring couple alive like it really brings it down to a grounded place right. oh, it's yeah. just they're both like wearing different shades just, of beige yeah, yeah i was like yeah. wow not what i expected so we've talked about um our experiences with this movie and our love of it what do, what do we think about meg ryan's performance in this movie top notch I would, I think she's a little, uh, in the early scenes, a little reserved, uh, in her, her, um, I don't know. This is, I think this is, I'm my, my, my knowledge of it's being colored by Aaron's book a little bit, but, um, (gasps) I think I, I like her performance in this movie, um, almost more than you've got mail just because it feels fresh and she changes so much in it. There's just so much for her to play with as a character who changes oh. over the years. So many yeah. meaty uh, little What about Aaron's book? Sorry to so, sorry to pop in here, but what about Aaron's book? What, why was she more reserved in the earlier scenes, do you think? Well, she's I mean, she's a she's a younger actor for one. Um, Very but she's, young in this. She's playing with all these um these this like to call it what it is is a boys club um of like yeah you know guys who are also friends and have their own friend group like rob reiner and billy crystal are just good friends yeah. um, are like besties yeah yeah and so when when you're the third on that that like shoot day mm-hmm. you're it's going to take a while for you to be like used to it for one and she didn't feel like she was included earlier on and that became less of a thing as yeah. the shooting schedule progressed but um you can definitely mm-hmm. feel a little bit more energy coming from her in later scenes which i also think follows along with the character so i think it works yeah. well meta meta like in story and i think meg ryan does better and you've got mail overall but she's more consistent i guess and when harry met sally she has more dynamite scenes like there's more meat to chew on i feel like the the orgasm scene is just kind of like well i'm sorry that's an all-timer like there's no there's no like it's just one of the best scenes of all time so it's hard to like compare but i do think you're like bringing in aaron's stuff and your your review of it is like since it's Rob Reiner directing and not Nora Ephron directing, I definitely think that has an impact that with Rob working Mm -hmm. with Billy, there's so many times, I don't know how he did it specifically, but I'm sure there's so many times where Rob was like, remember that one time when we were out and we were at the thing, we did that and that be more like that. And then Billy Chris would be like, Oh, sure, 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 sure. Whereas there's no like, uh, repartee mm-hmm. yet between Meg Ryan and Rob Reiner. And right. then like, yeah. it's but, part of a shoot is that you get there. It, it just takes a few days of shooting to, yeah. to arrive there. And by the time she gets there with like in 1998 with Nora Ephron, they've known each other for so long. Yeah. Yeah. They've got it locked in. So like, it's just Meg Ryan's just from yeah. the first frame. It's like, she's got the character on, on, on the, on the screen for us. Yes. That makes so much sense based on the movie as well. And I would like to say like an, in, in Meg Ryan's, like as a point to her, that even in the, the, I can also see that reservedness earlier. I love what she's able to do with Nora Ephron's writing even then. Like when she goes into her um, Days of the Week underpants mm-hmm. monologue, 
you know, that's like early on. She still does seem like she's like the, the character's younger, all of it's younger, but she's still able to be like, where's Sunday? Where's Sunday? Always. And it's just, I think, um, yeah. yeah, that's so interesting to know. And I, it honestly makes me even more impressed with what she was able to do. Cause I've so been there. Who hasn't, who hasn't been there um, when you have to Ugh. work and you're not part of the boys club or whatever it is, whatever sort of the social dynamic is that you're on the outside of. And to be able to persevere through that is fucking baller. Okay, Allie, go ahead. Well, no, yeah. And just to build on top of that, not only was she able to like get her way in there, but like she, uh, the, the, I'm sure you guys know this, a lot of like they both, both make Ryan and Billy Crystal improvise a lot. And we're yeah, adding yeah, things yeah. to this movie. Like our favorite scene of like, I'll have what she's having seen is like Meg Ryan was the one who's like, Hey, I know we're talking about this, how women do this, but I want to act it out. Like yeah. she was the one that pitched, like, I want to actually do the, do the thing, do the moaning and groaning. And then <laughs> Billy Crystal was the one that pitched the, the infamous line. And so it's kind of like, <sighs> she got there. Like she got on their level with them pitching their own stuff. And like, just to throw back to our um, our Princess Bride episode. Uh, what? Sorry, that's my favorite movie. That's so fucking good. Where where Rob like Rob Reiner had to leave the set because Billy Crystal's improvising was yeah. so funny. Yeah, right. And right. so right. like the to improvise against Billy Crystal and hold your own is seriously so impressive for a young up and coming actress. This was like if not her first, her second big movie. So and she And you guys know about the paprikash scene, right? Yes. But please remind our listeners because it's yes. a delight. It's a delight. Yeah. <laughs> so Billy Crystal is like, I have decided that I'm going to talk like this. And he's like, waiter, I would like my paprik. What does he say? Like, um, there's too much pepper, pepper in my, my paprikash. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you will repeat. And Meg Ryan, like, Looks giggles, laughs, looks off screen and keeps going. Her looking off screen was looking to Rob Reiner, who's like, like keep going. Like, because because Billy Crystal's just like taking off. He's like, we're just gonna do this, and Meg Ryan's like, okay. <laughs> and it's in the take that you see her just being like, "Are we okay? We're improvising. All right, let's go." I feel like your first like big oh, comedy God. movie being up against a seasoned veteran SNL veteran, yeah, yeah, somebody who's used to improvising. It's like being tempered in fire. <laughs> like, like Rob Reiner's yeah. probably the anvil. <laughs> Billy, ha Billy. Crystal is the hammer and she's the sword and she's just like, that's right, I can be steel. And the inverse of this, the person who failed at this, this mm. is completely irrelevant, Four but the Christmases. person who didn't, couldn't do this was Reese Witherspoon yeah. in Four Christmases. Uh, have you guys seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, don't. Well, but. I want to hear your take on it, so do it someday. <laughs> but Vince Vaughn is like taken off in improv land <laughs> And Reese Witherspoon, yeah. just that's not her thing. She's just like, yeah, we, right. And we've we've like, talked Ugh. about this a lot. Like Reese is one of our actual favorites, but yeah. but it's just kind of a, a weird thing where like she doesn't have that bone in her and Vince Vaughn doesn't have his, I can't mm -hmm. play with this bone in him. And yeah. so it's like a really strange actor pairing where the magic didn't happen like it did in this one. But <sighs> I think it just shows like Meg Ryan, um, you know, she just did it tops. She yeah. totally accomplished it. Yeah. Mia, tell us about what, what Meg Ryan moments in this film that do shine for you <sighs> oh, that you always just like cling to. And you're like, yes, performance wise. I mean, this is a movie 
I adore. I've watched it multiple times a year, every year. I can't even remember when it started. This movie has just always been a part of my life and my consciousness. I adore it. It never gets old for me. We just watched it and it, we just watched it a few months ago and rewatching it was not in any way a strenuous task. Um, I adore this movie. This time I did pick up on um, newer scenes that are like now creeping in as my favorite. So I mentioned this last episode, but definitely when she is giving her take on Casablanca in the first vignette and is like spraying her hair and is like, that's why she gets on mm-hmm. the plane at the end of the movie and like locks. Yeah. And then um, hits the, the Aquanet can down and, and goes in. I just think that's phenomenal. Um, what else stood out to me? I mean, I always, I, I come back around. Sometimes I pay attention to the scene. Sometimes I don't. I always really enjoy her performance and sharper image when she doesn't see that it's um, Helen and Ira. And she's like, it's my singing. I know it. I'm a terrible singer. And yeah. just oh a nice, gosh. genuine disappointment. She's that so good at bad singing. singing. Yes. Yes. And that is hard to do. We talk about that. It's hard <laughs> to not sound stu- like you're, faking bad singing yeah but that's like an actual bad singer um Mm -hmm. yeah i love it i love i love everything about her in this movie from the iconic outfits to the iconic hair um to her little her little monologues everywhere yeah i i think her i think her performance is incredible in this and i also think that like i would be interested in knowing the shooting schedule and what scenes they shot earlier and what scenes they shot later um but I would say her arc, I, I think with the strongest thing about her performance and like she gets the opportunity to do it in this movie and obviously not in other movies because this movie just spans a long period of time is I think sh- she does a really good job aging the character, Sally Albright. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and her hair does some, you know, lifting as well because her sure. hair has its own character <laughs> arc. But um, amazing she has this kind of like beautiful doe eyedness in the beginning of, of the, the movie. And a a friend of ours just sent us like a bunch of fun memes of like Sally Albright, um, looking just kind of like, just kind of over it. And I think her, um, it's really fun. I'll send them to you guys, but it's like, um, she does a good job going from doe eyed to like becoming more grounded as like, uh, as an adult in her, in her later years. Um, like I think about that scene when she's in the exercise class and she's just kind of like <laughs> doing jazzercise and like everyone around her is like really into it. And she's just kind of like, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I just think she just, she, she shows a, a good range and a, and a subtle, um, but beautiful change. Uh, and I buy that she's aging in the movie, um, and that mm-hmm. she's getting yeah. older and, you, I don't want to say lose hope when you get older, but you just, you have a better understanding of the world and you, and you just, um, I don't want to say become more resigned. God, this is sounding so depressed. depressing. You just, uh, you you just become, get an edge. Um, you just get some edge. Know, more mellow. You know? Yeah. You get, you get some edge. Yeah. And so, um, I just think she does a really good job with that. And, um, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do, uh, to age in a movie. Um, so guys, with that, we've talked about the movie. We've talked about Meg's performance. It's time to make some tough calls, time to award some points, time to call some fouls. Um, just, uh, from our last, uh, from the quarterfinals, Mia and I gave this movie, I gave this movie 71 points and Mia gave it 
82 points. So we gave it a lot. It, it, uh, we were fans. Um, <laughs> uh, we we obviously did not hate this movie. Um, but what about you guys? Where where are you coming in with your points? Absolutely hated it. Just gave it. We were <laughs> sitting around 20. No, not at all. Um, okay, with our points, um, she she oh, walks with spunk. Like I only could find one, and, and I only gave it a half of a point because I, I don't know. I like most of most of what she was doing in this movie, walking wise, was just far more like chill. I guess could could you even think of a, a spunk that you liked, Ryan? No, man, no. Nah, so I give it a half because one when she was mad and I can't even remember at this point. Uh, yeah, like she slaps him and you could call that walk away from him. <laughs> yeah, that's spunky. It, but I wouldn't call that spunky. Like yeah. from it, when she walks out holding the shrimp, that's uh, that's when I was thinking. Uh, what shrimp? She's holding, uh, she takes this, this is a lot of her nonverbal acting that I love in this movie. She takes the shrimp from the person who comes by at the wedding, giving them like shrimp cocktail shrimps. And then she just like holds it and like plays with it and doesn't even eat it and then throws it away. That's not walking with spunk though. I, I mean, I give it a half point because there was some spunk wanting to <laughs> okay. come out. I'll give you a half point. Okay. Um, <laughs> some spunky plane with shrimp. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was trying to give it something. No, go Where's for it. Iconic- I love it. Where's iconic outfit? This one I had a couple on. Oh, okay. Did you? Well, the when they're walking, I think they're walking through Central Park, and she's wearing that. Yes, the hat. hat. That that yes. whole thing. Hat. Hat walking in park blazer is my yeah, exact. Just yowza. And Love it. it comes back later on when she's dragging the um, the tree Christmas through tree. the the park. And yeah. so I want to give it actually two, just because it's a callback outfit. Uh-huh. Um, yes. and then, um, yes. the cardigan and blouse at the beginning, honestly, there's just something about her first outfit that I think is so iconic. Yeah. It's part the hair yeah, iconic. Part like this again, she just wears collars and, and cardigans so well together. So I'm giving that three total. Can glasses be an outfit? shorts? Like what is I mean, she wearing? Yeah, I mean, they're accessory. <laughs> When she's wearing They're the glasses at the bookstore, that's what they are. I'm going to go with the glasses. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, so I guess we're giving it four points here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Crink- crinkles brow. This movie is the king of brow crinkling. There, I got 16 here. Again, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know teenager. I was supposed to write down each one. But they're everywhere no, because perfect. mainly it's, it's all in suffice. response to things that Harry is saying. Yeah. Yeah, 16 I'll, I'll, you believe me? I'll back you up. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, works in print perfect. media. She's a journalist. There Two you points. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, showcases a quirk. So many more in this one. <clears throat> Doesn't eat between meals. What? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, her ordering, like how she orders, right? How do we, do we, we get two okay. of that one? We get um, the salad at the beginning uh-huh. and then um, also at the delicatessen later on. Well, then there's also silently during the montage when she's like, oh, yeah. OK, three pontificating mm-hmm. to the waiter. We don't hear it, but we can tell. OK, um, her days of the week underpants. Sure. Definitely kind of quirky. Yes. Um, I I said there was one point in time. Um, it's during the montage where she takes most of the meat out of her meat sandwich. 
and it's like she's gotten this big sandwich and yeah, she just I'll count that again it's a lot of non-verbal stuff that she's doing with her character where she's just slowly taking the meat out of yeah, it yeah. and there's just like a thin sliver <laughs> left it's like why are you at a jewish deli yeah like I'll there's other places to get sandwiches that won't load up meat um her alphabetized vhs's oh yeah yeah um yeah and that, that was all Love i had yes. uh, so 14 total wow yeah okay yeah yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, is mean then feels bad. I got zero here because her, she doesn't feel bad. Her and her and mm-hmm. Harry get in two yeah, like major yeah. fights. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't feel bad afterwards, nor does she need to. Um, the, the only time, the only person that feels bad is, is Harry, generally speaking. And I really like the first time when they fight outside Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher's house. And he, he's like, can I talk oh, now? And she's I like, love that yeah. Scene. He's like, I'm sorry. And he gives mm-hmm. her a hug. And it's like such a good friend moment oh, because like yes. we've all had those moments with friends where oh, we were just a little much and, and like it's, that's good. Um, foul straight hair past her shoulders almost gave this too, because there's a time where we meet her kissing Joe. Right. And she's at the airport. She's got straight hair. Yes. She's, but she's leaning back. And then as soon as she leans forward, the hair comes up over her shoulders. So I don't count that one. I uh, I only count the one later on. So two negative two for a foul. Uh, Oh, sorry, I was supposed to do this later, but that's okay. Whatever. No, that's Um, fine. No, 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 no. You put it now. Love interest much less attractive for decade woman. Yeah. So and Billy Crystal is like thirteen years older than her. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess I guess less attractive. I would say like Billy Crystal is a funny guy. I think he'd probably be okay with that. Sarah sent me something yeah. like an, an Instagram meme of like, like the sweet thing of like, marry the guy that's funny or something. And she's like, that's you. And I'm like, great. I'm the funny one. I think you're sexy. But also a good reminder that we don't do this to disparage the men cast in these films. We do this to comment on uh, Hollywood doing hot young ladies dirty by always being like, here's a hot 20 year old and here's like a 45 year old man. And we're going to pretend they're the same age. And we're going to do that constantly for 50 years. So it's more of a commentary on that than I will say imagine if you're like a 30, like a 35 year old woman. And you're watching this movie and you're seeing Meg Ryan, who is a hot 27-year-old, being like, I'm so worried about finding a man and having kids. And you're like a 35-year-old who's single and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to go kill myself. Like, (laughs) she's worried about finding a man and having kids. Like, oh, my God, where's a bridge for me to jump off of? Um, That's why we bring it up. I relate to Billy Crystal in this movie. And I relate to Tom Hanks and you've got mail. I do not relate to Hugh Grant in any movie that Hugh Grant's ever in because I don't know what it's like to look like Hugh Grant. And he's the only one who knows what it's like to look like Hugh Grant. And he's like, oh, I I don't have Julia Roberts love. It's like, wah, wah. You look like Hugh Grant. So shut up. But but he was. was, uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm so awkward. Shut up. Uh, we we love Hugh I know Grant. that's we why Richard Curtis him. almost didn't cast him he didn't want Hugh Grant for that role but then he still gave it to him and we love him for it um, he's too hot he's amazing. too hot okay, to wait. be a nerd well, in four weddings he's too hot he's so hot and then rom-com gents is at the end of our point counting before we snack. move into our semi-final rules we still gotta talk um, about chemistry and humor yes Great. Okay. chemistry and humor um Chemistry, 
Um, I I feel like like we've kind of talked about this a lot. How the two of them kind of gave each other a lot to work with as characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave mm-hmm. this one a nine. I I liked the chemistry in this yeah. film as well. Uh, do you concur? Yeah, and yeah. like when when he comes over and they kiss, it's like, yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can see this going to where it goes. And that, that scene feels so <laughs> like there's yeah. so much communication going on between them because like, like he kisses her kind of as a friend. And then she like, he kisses her again, like a second time, but then he backs up, but then she moves forward. And there's so much like mm-hmm. kiss chemistry yeah. going on right there. Yes. It's, it's very well done. I love it. I love um, it. Meg's humor. Yeah. I thought she was fu- funnier in this one personally oh yeah yeah meg, yeah. meg is much much funnier Same. she gets eight? more punchlines yeah. yeah yeah she's yeah. generating she, she gets more punch light eight. punch punch <laughs> she punches more people yeah um <laughs> yeah eight eight it's a it's a strong again i i think she's playing against somebody who is a funnier person and actor and character than her in this film. So it's hard for me to go above eight, but she's really, really solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then hairstyle. I love her hairstyle in this one. I'm giving it a four. Um, like there's some, like her, her yes. Farrah Fawcett stuff is fine and it's fun and it's like outrageous and <gasps> bodacious, but my favorite's actually her like kind of wavy hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 10 years later, yes. not the straight hair, but the, yes. the wavy hair. The eighties. I, I want to give it a four and yeah, a half because there's yeah. so much variety and there's so much like, yeah, like, like we said earlier, there's, there's a character arc for the hair. So I think we yeah. really got to like reward that. So exactly. nine, eight and 4.5. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we've done our initial rules. Let's get into our semi-final rules here. Um, I'll start us off uh, for quotability. You guys, I gave it a big fat 10 because there Meg has, incredible lines in this movie sauce on the side incredible monologues we've got the underwear monologue um and then we have of course the infamous orgasm scene where she doesn't Mm -hmm. have the famous line but she has i would argue the just as famous um act out so i gave it a how often do we quote that one oh i am always (laughs) you know yeah, having you're, you're, you're that and one every Panera yep. bread. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've been kicked out of many subways when I reenact that scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for critical acclaim, I mean, uh, this is probably one of the most infamous rom coms of all time. So I'm gonna, and her performance is infamous in it. So I'm giving it a ten. And then the only one that I'm gonna for staying power, I'm gonna hit this one a little bit just because I think that Meg's performance, I, I something that just bothers me about this film is that like Sally Albright is one of the most incredible women of all times. And she is, I feel like, and this is a personal thing. I feel like she's settling for Harry a little bit and he, while he grows and she helps him grow, he's still, I, he, him nagging her really bothers me. Uh, and the casting bothers me a little bit. And I think that um, the the message of the movie, Can Men and Women Be Friends, is a little dated just because, yes, men and women can be friends. <laughs> and the fact that the critical question that this movie addresses is, I think, dated. Can men and women be friends? 
yes, of course they can. This film, at least how it ends, argues that maybe they can't. Um, and also it's it's a little binary. It's a little dated. Um, so that's why I'm giving it a seven as staying power. Okay. Uh, Mia, Mia, give me your numbers. Give me your quotability, your critical claim, and your aging slash staying power. Okay. Quotability is going to be a 10. I mean, I think about it all the time. That's why Ingrid Berman gets on the plane at the end of the movie. I just think, yeah, like, I mean, just like <laughs> her delivery, so many things that she says in this. I agree. She doesn't have the titular, I'll have what she's having line. She doesn't have the, when you realize you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start immediately lines. But so many amazing lines in this movie. Um, and I think one of the most quotable Meg Ryan rom-com. So that's going to be a 10 for me. Critical acclaim is going to be a 10. This is a phenomenal rom-com. It breaks the mold. It's sort of the small vignettes broken up by smaller vignettes, different time periods. It um, created structure that other rom-coms such as Love and Basketball and Always Be My Maybe strive for. Um, it's unique. It's always, always a joy to watch. I never quite know where it's going. So it's an absolute 10 um, for critical acclaim. Staying power. Uh, yes, it's hard. It's hard. I'm going to give it an eight because for similar reasons that Ali said, and also just, just the fact that we're just no longer living in a society that is so gendered and is so can men and women be friends and, and how you really have to alter the central question of the film um, to fit to fit um, contemporary society. So I think in that way, I mean, I guess you could sort of, yeah, no, it just feels like a bigger bigger like m more of a walk than even from you've got mail to make it make sense now but um but i adore it i will never not love this film i think and that is me rom-com gents what do y'all think okay i have a lot less to say on the first two and a little bit more to say on the staying power okay so let's start with those two quotability ryan go uh nine yeah nine nine yeah i i because i i I know her lines less from this movie, I think, than I do. Uh, you've got mail? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, critical acclaim, 10, obviously. 10. It's one of the greatest movies the of greatest. all time. Made by one of my favorite directors, one of my favorite writers. Hall of Fame. Uh, staying power. Okay, what I'm going to... On his notebook, on staying power, there's just this big scribble. <laughs> I, what I... What I I, before I answer this question, I want to ask you, Ryan, um, is this indicative of like questions we were asking at the time? Because I know the can mm. men and women be friends question is now outdated for like, like I never grew up asking that question. Right. Um, right. All I, my closest friends were girls. Right. Exactly. Me too. But Aww. I do love how that's how I grew up yet I still come back to this movie and see the 1980s mm. as it was. And yeah. that's part of what makes it yeah. very lastable for me is it feels almost like a period piece. Like, cause if I'm going back to watch Pride and Prejudice, Pride and Prejudice doesn't become less of a, like a stable mm. film wow. with staying power or story just because of how far we are past the Regency era and it's way outdated modes of being. I think this movie's central theme, I, I, I agree with you, Ali, you said that, um, like, the, the the movie ends with this like well i guess maybe they can't be 
um, kind of mentality, or maybe they can, but not these two, which I think kind of lessens its yeah. overall message and theme. But I do think yeah. that it is one of those films that we keep coming back to. Like it's my wife, I think it's my wife's favorite movie. I want to say besides Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, we um, watched her favorite movie. It was Joe versus the volcano. That's her favorite movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just one of those wow. fucking incredible. Yeah. It is so underrated. It's one of the most underrated movies of all time. I think it's so um, underrated. it was so good. I do not like it, but I appreciate all of you. Okay. <laughs> uh, we love you too. Um, <laughs> Maybe you haven't seen it in the right context. <laughs> Were you watching it asleep? I think you're you're right. I was a little drunk. <laughs> Were you watching it at Kelly's surprise engagement party for his fiance at the time, now wife? Oh yeah, we'll we'll tell you the story no, after. That's I guess. perfect. It's it's, it's really so cute. sweet. Um, I think that's the thing. So staying power, I want to give it a nine because I think you're right. It is like, I don't think the lessons of this movie are necessarily something where it's like, like we were talking about to all the boys I love before, um, especially the second and third one where they feel like roadmaps for being good, which is great. Mm -hmm. And it's something that like, Mm -hmm. you know, you want kids to see this and be like, that is how I should act well. But that is not necessarily what a good movie makes drama wise. And so I think... It's, it's not necessarily, I don't see its stayability as something that is going to continually teach us lessons, but will endlessly entertain us as well. And this Mm -hmm. is why I defend movies that are outdated because it's like, no, we don't, no, we don't, (laughs) we don't, we don't watch it to say, this is how we ought to be, or this is how it is. We're saying this is how it was. And the, Mm. the, this is how it was can be a warning of like, let's not backslide into this. And for me, when I first watched it, when I was in college, I felt finally my, some of my thoughts, uh, whether they were good or ill, were still like recognized as something that can be like come into the conversation and can be scrutinized by someone like Sally who can be like, that's, that's malarkey. Like, like, why are you thinking like that? And so I felt like I got to be a part of the dialogue with Harry being like my avatar of like saying all these things, but also as a reflection of like, that's kind of shitty too. So don't be like that. Cause like, that's not getting you anywhere. Um, mm. And there's other things that, wow. you know, it's kind of like I never tested the theory because the movie, the movie's premises can men and women be friends and does sex ruin it? So I've like, oh, I've always be, been friends with women. And then my brain is like, but you've never slept with any of them. It's like, that's true. So I, I don't know. I've never been able to test that aspect mm. of, of, of that. So it's like, I don't know if how relevant that is, but otherwise I would agree. It's a nine. It's all those things. It's, some things can be left in the past. Other things can stay relevant. So, yeah. Wow. Some solid points. I, I like, I really like that point about, um, yeah, Pride and Prejudice and that we can still learn things from movies that are outdated and that totally. they're still, yeah, I guess kind of like time capsule lessons. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there aren't movies that you really should just drop in the past <laughs> because they're poisonous <laughs> for sure. <laughs> No, I feel like there's a lot to learn from just friends. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I know some people really like that movie. Um, but we love on affairs. We love on affairs. We love on affairs. Um, okay, you guys. After tallying up, you've got mail. And when Harry met Sally, here are the final scores. The final buzzer has rang, and the fans look to the scoreboard. 
You've got mail finishes the semifinal <laughs> round at 216. When Harry met Sally, finishes the final round oh. at 288. Everyone gets chalupas. When Harry met Sally wins Whoa. this round of the semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 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 Jeez. Wow. Wow. Pretty. I mean, wow. Okay. Guys, what an excellent game. What an excellent discussion. And you guys, that's going to wrap it up for this round of March Magnus. Ryan and Kelly, thank you so much for your sportsmanlike conduct and for being on the pod. It was nice to foul out there at the end. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. us. Though. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Ryan and Kelly, do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Ooh. Oh, um, Ryan, do, do the social media stuff. I'll think of something really quick. Uh, you can find us at romcom gents on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we have a Gmail. You can uh, send us email at romcom gents at gmail.com. Uh, you know, Join the Instagram love like we were talking about. There's a good community yes. on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram. Follow these guys on Instagram. Um, and as far as romantic advice, I would say always try to be as kind as possible. And oh, if if a relationship yeah. feels like a 50-50 thing, always try to be the person that does 60%. Oh. oh. If if it's a 60, if that. like that's, you know, so that's how you go good. 110%. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, Sometimes, here's my love advice. Sometimes you can change your kid's diaper without having to be told to do it. I thought you were going to say, sometimes (laughs) it's hard to be a woman. (laughs) That would work too. That was in in Harry Met Sally, right? right? No, wait. That's sleepless in Seattle. That's Bill Pullman. Right? Is it? Yes. Stand by your man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got my my. What about? Do you have any advice for us? Oh my gosh! I mean, I think what you had to say about kindness is so good, and diaper changing is what an incredible act of kindness and generosity. I've seen you do it. You're very good. I was just gonna say thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week, and remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. We love love (laughs) rom-coms. I'm Kate Thompson. And I'm Mark David Christensen. And together we host Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero brought forth by writer-artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each week we discuss everything Hellboy. Plus his expanded universe with the BPRD, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, and many more. That's Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.